What's up, you fat patellid fire ants? It's me. It's David. We're back. Grant will be here after the intro. Relax. This is a big one. Um, we're back from the holidays, and this is the last episode of Psycho Season. Do not fear. We will be back next week with the post show. Um, but this is a big one. We talk about the finale of Chainsaw Man, My Hero Academia, uh, Season 6, Episode 13, Spy Family finale of Season 1 is out. There's a ton of news to discuss. I think we go on some potentially uh, Star Wars-related tangents and uh, amidst other stuff. We talk about To Your Eternity. Grant is finally watching Andor, so he gives his impressions on that. And then we get into a small argument about Knives Out, Glass Onion, before we finish on the Q&A, uh, which you can ask us questions on our Instagram at part-time otaku podcast. Head us up there. Um, I think that's about all the housekeeping we can do for now. Enjoy. Psycho season one, two, three, four. Hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. How you doing there, you fine poultry gentleman? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. See what I did there? Yeah. Okay, man, we made it. This is uh, this is it. This is like I don't want to say it's the big one, but mm. and it's it's not the end. It's more like mm. we've reached the end of this particular road. We set a goal, mm-hmm. and we have achieved. We have come to the end of, or the, I, I guess, yeah, the goal is complete. We uh, yeah, we have. Began and ended Psycho Season. This is it. Uh, we're going to talk Chainsaw Man finale, Spy, Man, Spy Family uh, finale, some other fun stuff. Um, but we're not going anywhere. In fact, we have two things to tell you about up top. Um, number one, the post show is returning. Um, the Q&A will probably remain, but if you've listened to the podcast before Psycho Season, it's not you know altogether that much different. It's a little bit less regimented. Um, so like, we're just going to generally talk about what we watch week to week instead of like, you know, the very same kind of like specific six shows we cover week to week. Less, less hyper-focused on the specific season. Yeah. But that's good for you. If you're listening to, if if there's a movie you think we should watch or cover, or if there's like a one-off anime or just something you think that we would be into based off the stuff we cover, please send us your recommendations. Like the post show is the time for us to watch random stuff. Um, we will also be covering like some shows week to week. The winter season looks pretty absurd. Some pretty big like must watches that, that, you know, returning shows that we're, you know, we're fans of and some newer projects that are really, really sticking out. So yeah, uh... like to name a few, like I, again, I can't commit to, we we don't know if we'll cover them week to week. I bet a few of these we will like Vinland Saga season two is going to be I think count like you know yeah. book it in like that's going to be week to week for sure. Tokyo Revengers is coming back um yeah. <laughs> Near Automata uh, is premiering video game anime we've had a lot to say on that recently Trigun's getting a remake I watched the pilot yeah. of the last one so that should be interesting yeah so did I that Revenger show you mentioned yeah looks pretty intense um and another big one is uh or two last big ones are the Last of Us HBO adaptation is coming mm-hmm. out on January 15th, so I have to imagine we're going to check that out. Um, yeah. And then Bad Batch Season 2. I imagine you'll tune into that. For sure. Week yeah. to week. I, I had no idea. I completely snuck on me. It comes out tomorrow, so I know. when you're listening, it's out. When there everyone's listening, it is out, yeah. And uh, one more piece of housekeeping before we move on to the finale of Chainsaw Man. Um, later this week, you know, two days after you listen to this episode, uh, we're going to put out our top five 
anime of the year episode. Uh, Grant and I did a whole podcast on our individual top fives. I think in years past, they have overlapped quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, They did not (laughs) at all this year. No, it was a really fun podcast. Yeah, so that was super fun. Um, We have like honorable mentions and like we talk about some of our favorite favorite soundtracks and moments and stuff. So that was a really fun listen. So definitely check that out uh, when it drops. Um, But without further ado, I think we can move on. We gotta. We should start heavy, right? Yeah, the heaviest heavy. Okay, Chainsaw Man, episode twelve. Grant, what did you think of the finale? I think it was a pretty good finale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> it's interesting because you know, fin- you and I is always it. Pilots are hard, finales are hard, right? Like they, yeah. there's you know, there's the expectation that there is going to be a follow up season and all this and that. So you know. The show was so big, it would be shocking if it didn't continue, right? So, as viewers, we're kind of like, well, like, you know, how are they going to end it? How are they going to tease? And mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best teases, like, uses, usages of a tease. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they kind of came in and out of the ending, you know, like, the ending track. And you know, the characters felt a little more canonical. Like, yeah. them kind of socializing, not so much like a, like an art piece ending. And then it came back into Denji Dreaming, and there's this door, and the internet's, you know exploding over this door i guess it's a big deal so you know it, it was fun there's a lot of a lot of highs and lows which i think mm-hmm. you know chainsaw man does very well mm-hmm. and uh a lot more questions <clears throat> a lot more questions and i think probably one of my favorite moments of uh of the season uh not an explosive moment by any means but I, there's just these little moments that aren't action related or even um like thoughty, you know how like you know Himeno yeah. and Makima and Aki they bring like all this like kind of uh, savantness to their conversations sometimes, and mm-hmm. it wasn't even that. It's classic Denji being Denji. So we'll we'll get into that. But what what do you think? I really liked it. Um, I think like Denji. It's it's really interesting because I haven't really felt this way before. Like I'm sure Jujutsu Kaisen parallels or similarities may come up this episode, sure. um, as they kind of have throughout season one of Chainsaw Man, but like. You know, the, the cast, the main three are kind of similar to the main three of uh, mm. Jujutsu or Jujutsu Kaisen. But I don't know, the more I watch it, the more I feel like... That's not true? Yeah, the more I feel really drawn to Aki's character. Sure. Um, I don't know, there's just something so... I mean, I don't know, I'm not... I, I keep catching myself using this cliche. I'm going to try and stop, but I'm not breaking any ground here. Um, by saying that I think Aki has a much more, he's much more of like kind of the heart of the show. He has like a lot of, you know, the deep, emotional, tender kind of, he's a tragic character, right? Again, I'm sure that's not a hot take, but, you know, like that whole fight he has with the ghost devil, Mm. and he's able to win because Himeno told him its weakness. Mm. And I think she was the one, or Aki was the one who said to, to Denji, like, or, or said to, uh, at that dinner, don't yep. reveal the details of your contract, right? Yeah. And cl- of course she told him, right? Um, I don't know. I loved that moment. Yeah, well, there's just, they've really done a good job just setting how, how deep the, I think, the deep set love and companionship Aki and Himeno had, right? Yeah. And, you know, the kind of, not quite the fraying of it, but, you know, it's... In a, you know, a classic TV trope or movie trope is, you know, I think Aki kind of clicks into everything after she's gone. Like, I think he always valued her and, yeah. you know, her, and everything, but I think it really settled in on him. And you could see it, like, in his actions and, you know, the way he speaks for the rest of the episode after that. You know, that whether whether that's even a flashback or that's just, like, a, 
you know, because he's being, the life is being choked out of him, right? He could be Mm -hmm. hallucinating and all this and that. So it's interesting whether that actually happened or not, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's... I also, I really enjoyed um, something I just forgot I was going to say. (laughs) Wow, that's, I don't know if that's ever happened to me on the podcast. Grant, help. Okay, I'll just look at my notes. Um, There may have not been any CGI cars, but there was a CGI train. So that helps. And it wasn't half that bad. No, it was completely fine. Yeah. Um, God, I forgot about the cars. Man, we should have gave like a we should like have had a counter. dishonorable mention in for the our for our best of the year episode for that car. Oh my yeah. god. Um. Okay. What else? The Katana Man. Okay, because there's kind of like two beats here with the episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's two separate endings. Um. There's the scene of Denji and Aki. Kicking uh, Katana Man in the nuts. Performing the Requiem. <laughs> like, that's a pretty Chainsaw Man thing to do. Yeah, I, I like, <laughs> just that moment, you know, when you, like, you snicker to yourself and you just, like, you just gotta, like, let it go. You're, like, fucking right on, guys. Right at the end, you throw in a line like that. Yeah, because it was, this episode was taking itself kind of seriously. Yeah. And, like, they didn't let you forget these little things, you know what I mean? Um that the characters are still kind of silly, but it also felt kind of like right place, right time for them to do a funny gag like that. Sure. Well, you know, they had set the precedent before, right? Of like, you know, Denji kicking Aki, you know, in his, his like little moment of payback earlier in the season. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of, they kind of looped it back, but <clears throat> I just want to take a moment on Katana Man because the, the sh- you know, I think not the thing I've been struggling with this show is, but it's just kind of like a question that is, I think kind of background posed to, to the viewers is like who's really good and who's bad. Like, you know, like they yeah. kind of have the setup of like they're devil hunters. They're there to, you know, kill the, obviously the evil devils that are causing all this harm. Da da da. And, you know, but like who, like whoever's running it, like, you know, Makima, there's some questions about her actions and kind of who she is in the overall, there's some warnings given about her. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it was episode 11, which I thought was a pretty stark moment, mm-hmm. but there's the scene with, and that's the thing too, like Denji, like, you know, people are always like downtrodden on Denji and people are kind of like holier than now with mm-hmm. like or when they're around him. Yeah. And there's the moment where, you know, Denji and Katana Man meet up, Denji gets off the elevator, you know, he ditches power, which I think was hilarious. Like just ignored her. She goes on her own. But um Katana Man kinda like reaches out to Denji and he's like, you know, like these zombies like, you know, were people before, you know, like they were once humans and there's just the whole line and just kind of like his justification. Like Katana man is comes from this line of, you know, evil Yakuza mm-hmm. men. They're, you cause, they cause so much harm upon other people. And he sees none of that as wrong. Yeah. And he's like being all high and mighty and like calling out Denji for like being okay with killing zombies. <laughs> and it was just this like, mo- like it was like an aha golden moment for me. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this, no one, like there's no one right path in this show. Like they're all deranged. They're all, completely like working by their own path like every character is very flawed yeah. right incredibly flawed and i think denji is just kind of flies in the face of that and because he's the only honest one where he's That's like an interesting yeah, like, point you know and i think that comes from him being so young and also like the you know the shitty life that he's had so far but he straight up says it. he's like yeah i'm in this for me he's like i don't yeah. want to give up these good meals like i got a good thing going they're zombies and then you know and the fight ensues and kind of moves on to the next thing but the, it you just, make 
That's a yeah, really good point, man. That's very astute of you. Like, there's, uh, you just made me think of early, early season. He kills the bat devil, and then what is it? Yeah. Like the ant eater <laughs> devil fucking comes out. Whatever that ugly thing was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's there's like some line that like forgive me has like some profanity in it. But he literally says everyone has all these ridiculous motivations, and I'm just out here, and I'm to gonna cop a feel <laughs> to cop a feel. And he says something like, "I'm gonna prove." my motivation of grabbing a tit is more important than you. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. talks a bunch of shit, but he kind of says what you're saying. Like at the end, like he is at least out here, you know, he's maybe not the deepest guy, but he is one of the more honest ones. Yeah. Yeah. Very there, front facing. You know, there's something it, to that. There's, you know, there's the expression of wearing your heart on your sleeve and, you know, people take that in so many, I think people take that like as an emotional route, mm-hmm. but I think he's just completely bare. To everyone like there's not you, know, you think back to the moments where the yakuza guy pulls up or the driver of the of uh, the the original zombie devil um who, uh who, or the old man or whatever and like yeah, he yeah. gets him to eat the cigarette and he's just like yeah like okay you know like just the his view it, it just kind of flies it's just all about himself like he mm-hmm. sees a quick transaction on the spot you know, everyone's kind of trying to convince themselves otherwise, and he's not. You know, it's. Uh, I, don't know, I it's think very, it just really stuck out to me. His origins are very important. You know, Shonen in general has a way. It's a bit of a bad habit um, of really racing past the origin story, right? Because they want to get to the fun, new, exciting stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you rewatch that pilot and you look at what Denji was giving up just to stay alive and work off that debt without really making much of a dent, of course he wants to protect what he has now. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets to be a quote regular person. I mean, not really. I mean, regular in that he's like food safe, I guess. Yeah. yeah um, he and he's kind of a teenager going through puberty, but you know, with life and death stakes. So that's a little bit different. There was also a really great callback. Did you hear what he said? Uh, I think he says it to Katana Man. He says, "A beast should never trust anything that a hunter says." Oh yeah. And that's what the his trainer, uh, voiced yeah. by Anonymy there. Um yeah, yeah. I forget Anonymy's name in this episode. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but I remember that callback was pretty dope. I I did not see the snake girl killing herself. I don't think she did kill herself. Didn't she commit suicide no. via her snake? Uh or do you think she was like taken away by her snake? Well, I think there's a line of like due potentially due to her contract with the gun devil. It was like an involuntary suicide, like whether she oh, knew it or not. Oh, yes, my okay, you're completely right. Because that was that was a very like oh shit, like, and it was like it, probably like the only blink and you miss it moment in the episode. Actually, like, you know just, what? You're yeah. Not only are you right, but you know what that reminds me of. What's that? Um, that reminds me of the any demons and demon slayer saying uh, Kibutsuji's name. Oh yes. They yeah. immediately. You know, it's his blood and it kills him off and whatnot. But yeah, maybe they, yeah, maybe they had a contract with the gun devil, or they, they did. But yeah, they know, did. That's yeah. Probably yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably some condition that she triggered because she lost. That's interesting. It's crazy how they'll just body like a villain like that. You know, we have no, you know, um, like I think there's no Salvatore. big battery. Well, I think you know the gun devil is, but like we yeah. had this new foil or villain or potential like antagonist. You know, she was an incredible threat. And, you know, this is kind of like, you know, you know, I think we had talked on the, you know, our top 10 or top five pod of like, you know, plot armor and how that kind of plays into these kind of stories. And we never even had the chance to get to know this character. And I think I, her name was like, used once. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where they set up all the pretense to get to know this character. Like we, we had that first fight, 
you know, they escape, we kind of run into them again, potentially have a chance for some back and forth dialogue between the villain. We don't get any of that. It's like yeah. not interested in it. Where you know, like it's it, it maybe just stresses the point of how like usable all these people are to the gun devil. Because they're really setting up like how there's no greater evil in this world than you know than the gun devil. I feel like um, the reveal yeah. of the gun devil has to be a very big moment in the manga and in, and in the show. I would, yeah, I would hope so. You know, it's uh, but uh, and so they also had that cool thing about like this one mission. They collected over uh, 1.4 kilos of his flesh. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool, and it's now starting to move towards the gun devil. So it's like, oh yeah, we're Some slowly movement. working. Our, yeah, it's going to be a tour, uh, road trip season. Yeah, <laughs> inching towards. Um, I liked, I, I caught something, uh, well, I didn't catch something, but there's this there's this twist at the end in the fight where Denji gets a chainsaw out of his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I realized um, through a screenshot that someone posted on Reddit that from the last episode... It was either the last episode or the one before it. It was either 10 or 11 when they're being trained by... What was his name, Grant? Power and uh, oh, uh, Denji. Oh, Denji. I don't know his actual name. I, Kenjiro there, though. Yeah, but, uh, when they're being trained by him and he leaves them like in a pile of their own blood and they're all you know mutilated and exhausted from their, quote, training, that Denji's pants are all ripped up like where his chainsaws would come out of. Oh, I was like, oh, maybe he God. figured something out during training. Um, Damn. Because there is a line of like... I think because that was, he said, like, you guys really did, you know, outdid yourselves this time. Yeah. You know? And, like, he, like, gave him, like, the rest of the day off or whatever. Yeah. So, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. I also thought it was interesting that we met all of Division 4, like, the, sh- what is it, the Shark Head, the Angel Devil. Yeah. There's a, is it a Spider Devil? Or a Spider Girl? I can't remember what her deal is. I think so. Yeah, something similar. But we met a bunch of new characters, and, like, in the penultimate episode, and then they're gone in the finale. God, I, I wonder how quick they're going to be able to turn season the, the next part around. I wonder, like, the... Because it was pretty well known they've been working on this for, like, quite a while, you know? And, and like, it delivered. Yeah, yeah well, and it delivered. So, like, I'm sure they have assets and stuff like that they can reuse, especially on the CG front. Good point. But, you know, even then, like, it's... Uh, I I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we're two two and a half years out from the next oh, season. Oh, don't say that. I know. I don't like it. But look, look at Jujutsu Kaisen. But one thing I'll say... They had the movie. They did the movie. So did Demon Slayer, right? And it's all the same studio, so presumably it's the same resources. Mm. I'm, like, making a leap there. That may not be true. But, you know, they had movies. What's what's Attack on Titan been doing between parts one and two? What was that, like, a year, 14 months? I think it was, yeah, a year and change. Year and change. Because I think it was January, January, and then now we're probably getting one, like... March, April, something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm incredibly excited. Um, yeah, this was an absurd. What a ride, man! I'm I'm gonna yeah. re- definitely rewatch this before season two. Would was this be season one part two or will it be season two that launches? Uh, I think it'd be season two. Yeah, I don't think yeah. this is gonna be like a follow up core. I think yeah. it's just gonna be like season one. Season. Yeah, just twelve episodes is so short. Yeah. but that's what you get. I think it lived up to the hype, to say the least. I, nah, I you know, did. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, quite. You a know, ride. Of, of course, you want more of a good thing, right? But um, yeah. 12 is just so short and but i feel like they really hit their stride in that back half now that's kind of obvious because an anime has so much stuff to establish right early mm. on yep but i was really really digging it okay um and also just for the listener if like you want us to get into it more and like some of our favorite stuff about 
Chainsaw Man, like I said, it may or may not be covered in the top five anime uh, of the year. Because even if it's not in the top five, we also cover lots of honorable mentions. So it is mentioned in one way or another, but no spoilers. Sure. Check it. Um, okay, let's talk My Hero Academia Season 6, Episode 13. A Mr. Compress backstory episode. <laughs> Dave, uh, <laughs> My Hero continues to surprise in uh, in more than one way. I never in a million years would have accepted. You know, I, I feel like we should have. Mm-hmm. We should have, like, known because all the other members of the League of Villains well, kind of got something. They've run out of people to give backstory on. Yeah, they, well, they've... The, the, if there's one thing it's funny because this is like a mr compress backstory but there's some really huge reveals about uh the lizard guy spinner yeah what are they again well, Help me out here. Fl- i think like like towards the end of the you know like his monologue or whatever i think or before he presents himself to like the action moment there's a lot of talking you know in typical you know my hero um fashion but he makes a line before he go like jumps into it he makes a line to Spinner of like, no, like you gotta go with Shigaraki because we all know like you are the most passionate, like you are his closest follower. Yeah. And it's like, what? How would we like? You know, it's just one of those moments of like, that's kind of really, odd, eh? You know, like I never would have guessed that. So, and obviously he's the only one left, really. Like I guess potentially uh, Dobby and the computer dude to make a getaway. I forget now. Did Dobby get away this episode? I don't know. You're dry- I, I hate that I don't know. He, he this and, is the problem uh, with Christmas. This is the problem with the Christmas break. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of these shows pause, and we've, it's been a little bit since we've seen it. I know he kind of seemed to get the better of Shoto in their little yeah. uh, in their showdown, but I don't know if he got away. Yeah. I, I, but anyways, we know we know Shigaraki gets away. We know Spinner gets away. But so they kind of like teed up like this next you know arc or next season of like. You know, this new head right-hand man to Shigaraki and, uh, uh, you know, spoiler, uh, all for one there. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like, it was a good episode. You know, I think we were saying a couple weeks ago, like, I'm, I think I was ready for this arc to be over, this run. Like, it's been good. Yeah. You know, it's been better than it has been. But I think it was it was becoming a little much. Yeah. And uh, I think they ended it very gracefully. And they don't always end it gracefully, like the end of these action arcs. No. You know what took me by surprise was that... Deku seemingly is already beginning to make some sort of contact with another holder of an of uh, a one for all power because mm-hmm. he mentions what the fourth holder now because he's got correct me if I'm wrong but wasn't it only like last season in season five that he figured out Black Whip yeah it was like a pivotal moment at the end of that first you know uh, class battle uh, arc. The, cla- the class battle arc and then and now he's like mastered float. And yeah, so so I want to ask that too, like, do, because you know, you and I, like, a big thing was like, when are we going to get further, like, you know, the, the Midoriya storyline and you know the, the the one for all? Do you feel now like it's you know we got too much of one thing? Yeah, like, it's funny, within right? A short amount of time, like you it's, can't. You know, <laughs> maybe you can't please fickle fans. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah, this is definitely not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to dunk on the show, but like, he, hear me out, both audience and Grant, because. We don't come here with the intent on, on dunking on anything, but mm. I think that we've long said that the best parts of My Hero Academia are the ones that are kind of centric or centri- uh, central to the one for all versus all for one plot, um, the history therein, right? The past, the origins, mm. all that lore is very interesting. Obviously, Bakugo and Deku's relationship, um, All Might being involved, the Endeavor stuff, like the the big characters, right? And and the actual mm-hmm. plot moving forward, what is the villain actually doing? 
all of that is pretty interesting. But um, and you know, part of that lore, as we've learned last season, is that Deku is probably gonna eventually wield all the quirks, all the OG quirks of all the previous mm. um, one for all holders, and they've kind of just piled up out of nowhere. Like he couldn't yeah. control Black Whip really at all until the very end of season five. And now he had mentioned float and now he can just fly while using yeah. black whip. And now he's making contact with the next one. And, and in, it's all happening mid combat kind of mid central plot with the Shigaraki all for one stuff. So that's cool. Cause these are all like the main threads of the story, but they're not being paced out very well. I feel. Do you think, do you think we're now in a situation where we're running up on source material? No, I don't think so. I, I can't. No, you don't think so? I could be I wrong. Feel, I feel like there's going to, like, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful I haven't had any spoilers or anything like that. But with this ending, I would be shocked if there's not a huge tonal shift in the show. Yeah. Like, in direction. Like, because, you know, like, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly, like, doing, like, you know, advanced math here. But, like, it's a hero society. Heroes have been running the show. And the world essentially has been devastated, right? And, like, they could do nothing about it. So, I think... I, I'm hoping there's going to be some repercussions to a certain extent. Like, obviously, I agree. No, one should be, no one should be punished, but, like... The show I should have, change. They shouldn't go back to school and, like, yes. do math. So, I'm wondering, you know, like... I don't know. I'm, I am I am wondering if... Maybe they're not running out on source material, but I think... I think what's next to come, maybe, you know, it's kind of written this way for, you know, Midoriya had to get these power-ups to continue forward, like, to make yeah. sense, like, with where, kind of what, what is happening, but... Uh, it's certainly interesting. I, I remember, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong, but I remember us covering Season 5 last year, and mm-hmm. I remember thinking, or doing the math, like, finding, like, a relatively safe thread of people talking about this, and, like, we're about the halfway point of where the manga currently is. In, in season, season five? five, yeah. Okay. And then the creator was like, I will be done the manga by end of 2022. And then, like, in October of 22, he's like, yeah, it turns out not so much. Yeah, 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 I remember. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, they definitely are speedrunning the quirks a little bit. Mm. I'm not going to complain too much. Like, this is the stuff I'm interested in. And yeah, I am yeah, interested yeah. in, like... You know, this now second internal conflict of, like, Tomura Shigaraki kind of being, like, usurped and pr- a prisoner yeah. in his own body. Like, that's interesting stuff. That I did like that. I think that was the highlight of the episode. Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, like, Midoriya's whole thing is, he, you know, he sees someone in danger and, like, he just is overcome by, like, I need to save them. And, and of it, course, he, he's going to see Shigaraki in a moment, like, prone like that. And he's going to be like, I need to save you. It almost looked like Shigaraki wanted help, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was... And, yeah, I kind of wanted him to get help. You know what I mean? It was interesting. Like, that conflict is good for the audience. I think it's good for the show. This family stuff with the Dobby stuff, I I truly never saw coming. Over it. Like, you know, I'm sure it's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, like, it's... It, it just feels like it's distracting more. From, just, and I know they got to pad everything out. It's got to be a full show. You know, like fuck we always get into this goddamn cycle with my hero like i i like it i like all of it but it's just there's so much baggage to no, tell the is. fucking story it's 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 hard to sift through even in a single episode sometimes you know so it's, it's crazy because like i want to know more but you're right like you get stuck in a holding pattern with my hero and it's like i don't want this arc to be over and go back to class yeah 
You know what I want to... I think class is over. I genuinely think class is over. They were in first year. Like, you know what I mean? It's absurd. Um, Like, the show has so many strengths and so many weaknesses. Or Mm. maybe it's just that it has a lot of strengths, but the weaknesses it does have are so big. Mm -hmm. But I guess the TLDR version is like pacing is not its strong suit. Um, Yeah, but, you know, historically, but I, I would say... This has been a high point for pacing for this. No, I, to- I totally agree. But yeah. if someone out there has read the manga, like, tell us. What, what are we at? 50%? 75? Yeah. Like, don't fuck us here, but, like, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> are you about to, to tell us we got four more seasons to go before we're caught up? Because I'm going to lose it. Easy. Dave. Oh, come on. I think yeah. this show is not going anywhere. I think we got lots and lots Ugh. of my hero left. And spinoffs. This show is going to reek of spinoffs at some point, I think. Yeah. But, like, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm dunking on it. Like, I liked the episode. This was a fun arc. I feel like it may have gone about two episodes too long, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens next, but I will be not low-key. I will be high-key pissed if we just go back to, like, student co-ops and, like, what's happening at the Endeavor Agency? <laughs> like, I don't want that <laughs> shit. But, you yeah. know, that's probably what's going to happen. Let's be real. We'll, we'll see. see. I'm looking forward to it. I'll watch. I'm yeah. going to watch. Okay, let's let's shift into f- some season finales here. Um, Spy Family episode twenty five. Spy Family, what a show! What an unexpected bit of a darling um, of twenty twenty two. Actually, you know what? Not my most unexpected of the whole year. Um, I will cover that in after the news feed. But um, what did you think of of the finale, Grant? It was good. You know, it's <clears throat> the. Because, you know, that's the thing, like, there's been a lot of, like, not filler by any means, but, like, there's, they've really been, like, tiptoeing their way to, you know, the mission, right? Like, it's all, it's all been about, like, how to get to this point, and then you kind of get it, and it's, it's, you know, to the show's um, strength is, like, it's very good at shifting the tone, like, in a split second. You know, it's comedy, 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 boom, serious, you know, Lloyd's having the showdown with, you know, with Desmond, or Donovan, uh, yeah, Donovan? Donovan, Donovan yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, like, it's just, I I love the mental gymnastics of, like, you know, because, you know, a lot of anime, sometimes there's some struggle of, like, reading, like, what a character is thinking and saying, plus, we're de- you know, we're dealing with, you know, the, the subtitles and this and that. Yep. And they, like, f- you know, like, flawlessly have pulled this off all season, and especially in this scene. There's a lot of juggling of, like, you know, what he's thinking and saying and the back and forth and fucking Damien's chiming in. Totally agree. You know, quite a bit. So it was, I think... I think it was just a very, um, it was kind of like, in a weird way, it was a bit of a showpiece episode in in dialogue, you know? Like, what they were saying, you know, it's pretty standard fare and all that, like, not groundbreaking by any means, but it was, uh, it was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, no, I give you, I totally agree. I think it, this show, okay, this is going to sound like a stretch, but just stick with me. Sure. Um, I think in years past, on this podcast, we've talked about how, like, my Hero Academia has, like, some really good tone switching. Mm. Um, and other shows are also really good at juggling that. Like, I mean, My Hero Academia is also great at juggling characters. Uh, yeah, I think characters um, would be sort of the best. But thing, yeah. Spy Family feels like it can tone switch very yep. easy. You can get an Anya-only episode of her and the dog solving, like, a silly household crime. Yeah. And then you can get a whole episode, a tennis episode, between your... <laughs> And uh, what's, Nightfall. What's, and yeah. Nightfall, you yeah. know, doing their thing. And then you get this, where he's like double agent status the whole way through. You got the inner monologue kicking. Like, it's very versatile. The show can really play to almost whatever it wants to. Hmm. Um, I think that's really hard to do. And 
I'm really curious. Like, I think I know it's popular, but like, I'm curious what the huge. Yeah, I know. You know, when you start seeing like the merch and stuff, like at random stores, like, yeah, okay, this is uh, this is catching some steam. But I'm definitely curious on like how everybody else feels about it. Like your typical anime watcher who's here for like the Anya memes or whatever else it is, because they will go whole episodes without really having her involved all that much. And but then they'll Mm -hmm. do that with your as well. But um. Altogether, I would say a strong show, promising first couple cores. Mm-hmm. I will watch season two. Absolutely, and the movie. There's going to be a movie and a season yes. two. Yes, I you saw know? it got announced. The uh, I think I believe the movie. It's it, it's not that it's not canon, but it's just yeah. it's like a new story. It's just not, not adapted from the manga uh, or anything. Okay. So it's going to be like a new story, and uh, but I'm not sure if it bridges uh like what is going to happen like that's the thing so we're, we're kind of we're kind of mature but yeah. that's going to be dynamite seeing that on a the theater has like, come on has like, your it, has your progeny seen any of spy family yeah she has oh, okay yeah, she, she she enjoys it like, you know there's some stuff that like you know the it's nice because spy family is split up into like almost like episode like is a little episodic within the episode yep um so it's easy to kind of you know you know jump uh maybe this one not so much and that yeah. but like like anya like Anya sounds Lance, cool. Lance, like you know, like when that eleven-year-old, like of course Anya lands, right? You know, it's. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, will you take her to the movie? But it's tough because you don't really know what they're gonna do in it, right? Yeah, well, maybe by the time the movie's out, that's true. Anime movies for it. take so yeah. long to get I, animated movies. I mean, in general, she's at that age now. You know, like you know, not necessarily anime uh, associated, but like you know, I threw on School of Rock for her this year. Which is, oh, like, debatably, cool. like, you know, yeah, it's sure. one of my favorite movies. It was a huge movie for me growing up. You know, I love Richard, Richard Linklater and Jack Black and all that. Yeah, 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 And it was just like, yeah, you know what? We're probably, like, two, three years away from it. Yeah. But fuck it. We're putting it on. So if I babysit, <laughs> you know? we should throw on The Exorcist. Just jump in. Have at it. See how you do. Yeah. <laughs> She'll <laughs> claw her way out of that room, my dear. I bet you. But, uh, but no, it's one of those things, like, you know, you give her a heads up, hey, this is probably a little old for you, but let's just have fun. And, it you know, success, you know. So, I think Spy Family is a similar way. I, I can't remember what episode it was, but I kind of just, like, let it go, and there was... Sure. There was something, and... Uh, oh, you know, it would have been the episode where uh, your kicks Lloyd in the face in the bar. Uh, you know, they're kind of, like, reprofessing their love to each other, and she kind of like... Oh, oh and they're drunk, too, right? Yeah, it's like, that's weird. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, you're right. It is. Yeah, it is. It is weird, but, but uh, even yeah, movies like School it's of Rock mild. and and all that. Well, there's a lot of little things hidden for the parents, right? Like we yeah, were just absolutely. um, I watched Frozen for the first time. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but like they, they hide stuff, right? Like all those Disney movies or whatever movie it is, like yeah. they they all well, hide stuff parents for the parents. Enjoy it too, yeah. Anyway, um, very strong first season from Spy Family. Um, it did not disappoint. It, it, it incredible uh, OP. The opening yeah. and endings for both seasons are dynamite. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. I'm just bump a chicken at least once a week. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about some news real quick. So this is like this is sketchy. Um, I I need a good source on this, but I see the internet losing its mind. Mm. So I'm just gonna join in. It looks like they're doing a new animated Avatar series coming in 2025. I did um, see that. But, like, then people are like, oh, wait, it might be fake news. And I'm like, but I saw it everywhere. And so, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to spe- spread propaganda. Give me a break. But I, I did do, see... Nothing has been, like, sourced yet. Yeah. And it has come from, like, a non-historically accurate uh, fan yeah. fan page. So, it's so I don't know. Those things. Um, the rumor is, because they've done The Last Airbender, and then they did Korra 
Legend mm-hmm. of Korra, and she was a waterbender, I think. I couldn't speak. I think, or might have, been, might have been fire. Anyway, um, the next Avatar I think would be Earth. Um, I know you haven't watched it. I still recommend it. But um, yeah, if there's more Avatar coming, I'm game to watch it. Um, yo, did you hear about Jeremy Renner? Yeah, I did. Fuck, like, uh, was it <laughs> is was it a snowblower accident or was Dude, he? Dude, he like... was run over by a snowblower. Shut up. Yeah. Yikes. I mean. I saw that he was airlifted out. Airlifted out, because... critical but stable condition, but uh, has had emergency surgery that went well, but is still in ICU. Yikes. Uh, first reports I saw were that he hurt his leg, and then others say his chest. Um, so I have no idea. But I think he's... I don't know if he does it on his social media or what. I don't know where he lives. But like... Okay, he's a, apparently shared um, stories over the years, like on social... Like, showing him driving around the snowplow and the snowblowers, because, like, the snow where he lives is really bad, I guess. Just yeah. in their area. Yeah. And it looks like there's, uh, you know, th- there was some kind of accident. I don't think he was driving. But I also know that people, and again, you know, when celebrity news happens like this, mm-hmm. like, news just flies, right? Like, oh, this happened. It's because this happened, you know? And all these allegations get made. So I don't know what's, it's hard to sift through and know what's what here but some people are saying that like they're intentionally not touching the scene of where it happened because there might be impending uh libel action because the snowblower that hurt him if he got stuck under it they're supposed to have all these safe safety features that prevent these exact issues from happening um so there could be legal uh repercussions as a result but i think at the end of the day it matters that he's okay yeah he's alive and but yeah, I have no idea. Like you know, it's so early. People don't know if it's like life-altering damage or um, who knows. But that's a nightmare come to life. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yeah. Okay. In lighter tones, um, the search for the next Bond is on. I don't know about you, but it feels like the last Bond just came out. Yeah. Well, it's because Daniel Craig's out, so like they gotta have it lined up for the next one, right? Yeah. So I imagine it's you know because they gotta get the guy. Then the director, it, then a release schedule. Is it schedule. back to a guy now? I was, I was, I, right. I, I was convinced they had the next Bond like right. officially Wait, sorted. No, out. You, had a, you had a, you had a, okay. I, I do forget her name, but like, no, no, I, you had a I point. thought a woman was chosen. When you, when I said guy, I meant like colloquially, like they got to get the right, they got to get the person oh, first, sure. then the director. But so here's what, where I'm at. Can I say spoilers for No Time to Die? It's the last <laughs> yeah, Bond movie. Like it's been yeah. what, eighteen months? Yeah. Um, maybe like a year. Anyway, so they. There's your spoiler warning. At the end of No Time to Die, they kill him, right? So I don't know what you saw. You knew that, right? No, I did not, but I am good. Are you... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you serious? <laughs> Dead serious. Are you... <laughs> Is that the one spoiler that, like, you're like, there's no way they killed him. They never killed I, Bond. <laughs> I'm actually surprised I haven't found that out earlier. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't care? You're fine. You're no. not invested? I am, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like too behind. Oh, God, I feel I so see bad. Or no, no, no. Well, okay, do you want me to explain the like, why people thought the successor was already figured out? Because it's kind of yeah, addressed absolutely. in the movie. So in yeah. the movie, he's like retired or like is let go from the... MI6 at one point or whatever. He's out of action for a bit. And they give his number to a girl. I forget her fucking name. 
And I should really know it. No time to die cast. Because she's great in the film. Mm. Oh, yes. Uh, Lashana Lynch. Oh, yes. really? So they, okay, so she, she's in that. So she's 007 in the movie. Um, mm. But then, like, he returns. And, like, she... she they, like, I think the movie is, is sort of making a point of being, like, it's just a moniker. Like, anyone can be 007. Cause she, Which is crazy, because I thought that was established by now. Yeah. yeah. So... But the thing is, all these movies, right, it's always James Bond. But her point mm. is, like, it's just a number. Like, yeah. I could take it. But then she gives it back at the end of the movie. And then he dies. <laughs> um, so I think some people are like, oh, they're clearly going to go with her. And then, but all these rumors are just about more dudes. Um, mm. Daniel Craig had an interesting statement being like, I think the direct the path is obvious. Like, find whoever you want as the successor, but don't force in... Like, he kind of threw shade, I think, at Star Wars or something. He's like, don't force in a diversity hire just for the sake of diversity. Like, the key mm. is you should find better the roles. Right yeah. And you should create more jobs for, like, people that are, you know, of diverse backgrounds to, to get. It shouldn't just be Bond. Like, there should just be more stories that celebrate diversity, mm. which is an interesting take. Um, so anyway, all of that to say, there's just rumors, this guy, that guy. I, I have only seen rumors about dudes, for what it's mm. worth, but... They are rumors, but the latest one is Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, that has already met with them. Hmm. After Tenet and his role in Tenet, I could hundred percent see him as Bond. You know what I don't like that, and you know this is like some very typical dickhead on the internet throwing shade about this cho- about this choice is his voice. It's just like very <laughs> young. You know what I mean? No, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know exactly. What you mean. But like, listen to Daniel Craig That's... be like. Shaking all stood, and he's like, "Do I look like I give a damn?" Like he's just mm. so you know in it. Yeah. And Aaron Taylor Dodson is like, "I don't know. I don't quite reckon. What is the difference? I'm not sure I can wrap me wheel head about that." Well, I don't know. We need, we need to contact the Broccoli's. I think we got our next Bond radio there it is. podcast. Holy yeah. shit! But anyway, I'd, uh, <laughs> he was. Um, you know what was good was. Uh, did you ever see that movie? He was in. Who's the fashion guy who's directed a couple movies? Tom, Tom Ford. Ford. Yeah, yeah, he did that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um. Oh. Uh. uh Velvet. Nope. Uh, um. Wow, this is great podcasting. God. Yeah, I know. We're getting Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals. Wow, he made that movie for twenty-two million dollars. It was a weird movie. I loved it. Uh, it was yeah. weird as hell, but Aaron Taylor Johnson plays the villain in it and is quite mm. unhinged. And when I saw that performance, I was like, yeah, okay. It's like, this guy's capable of this. And of course, they put him as Quicksilver in the MCU and kill him in 20 minutes, but whatever. <laughs> oh my God, um, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, I know. I, was like the, I like the kick-ass movies. You know, yeah, questionable. But questionable, good. but he, yeah. he was fine. Anyway, so he's clearly a capable actor. I'm, I'm interested to see if that's him or who it actually ends up being. Um, but yeah, it, I feel like Craig is going to kind of be the bond of my generation. Like, do you have a bond? You know how they they, they say that? Daniel Craig would be mine, I think. Yeah. I grew up watching the movies, like, a lot. You know, like, yeah. I've, I've seen... I've probably seen just about every single one. Um, they're oh, okay. always got that on the channel. I, def- but, I definitely um, don't. You know, like, I like the shot. I, I, I think they all have their, their strengths and weaknesses. Pierce Brosnan, I think, was just because we were so young for him. Yeah, I think his, it was impressionable. His are always kind of, you know, top of mind. But I think, like, Casino Royale is hands down the best Bond movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just remember being like, the hate 
because you know the age we were when Casino Royale came out, hmm. um, and the fact that he was blonde, like people ate him alive for that, oh my God, and they so made sorry. the darkest, dankest, most badass Bond movie ever, yeah. in my opinion. I was like, yeah, this is different now. Like the Bond you knew is gone, and like they just set such a tone. And then I, I still, re- I really truly love Skyfall. Well, yeah, it's one of the great, truly yeah. one of the greats. Like, it's a modern classic, I think, for action yeah. movies and spy thrillers and all that. It's uh, it's some good shit. Dude, who's your Batman? Oh, um, Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah okay. Because yeah. there's the Batman... Well, I do like Michael Keaton. Well, this is the but, thing, right? Yeah. There's yeah. the actor you grow up with, and then yeah. the actor you pre- that you find when you know how to appreciate movies, right? Mm. Like, I grew up with Brosnan, and I, like, came online... With Daniel Craig. Sure, yeah. And I probably grew up... <laughs> it's going to sound ridiculous. I think I grew up with the one... How many movies did Clooney do for Batman? Uh, I think one. he might have only done one. Yeah, yeah. Batman I grew up with that movie on repeat. But And then I remember, <laughs> yeah. and then I remember the yeah, Christian Bale yeah. movies, and I was like, wait, this is different. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I grew up with, like, you know, Batman and Batman Returns, like the Keaton movies. You know, all, like, again, yeah. watched those a lot. Those were always on oh, TV. Oh, no, you know what? I did watch a ton of those... Which one had Robin? Was that Clooney or Keaton? Uh, no, that was Clooney. Yeah, that, yeah, I watched that one a lot. Chris, uh, what was his name? Yeah. Oh, they put nipples on the bat suit. I remember that. Yeah. Clooney always brings it up. Okay. Those people that had Batfleck as their Batman. Yeah, but my Batman. <laughs> Imagine being that unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> just with timing in life. Oh, yeah, I'm just, I can't wait to see these new Batman movies. But, hey, it all comes back around. Imagine you get R-Pats. Our Pats is a good one to have. Our Pats is a really good one. Yeah. But, um, like, Batman is, you know, like, you know, kids of all ages love Batman. And, like, that's, like, a hard watch, I think, for, like, younger kids to go into that. Like, I know, like, on earth did they get away with a PG-13 rating for that movie? It's unreal, <laughs> truly. I remember, truly who did unreal. that? Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. I remember yeah. he said they he, they were just arguing over, like, seconds of movie, like, mm. to get the to get away from the R rating. And he just, he just did barely enough like i cannot believe from what i recall that was like a uh, uh, like it was like same thing with uh, the planet of the apes movies uh, like oh, the, really? the i think the the last one with like woody harrelson i never saw like, any of them eh? oh fuck dave you i know to. you're big they're, on them. they're so good yeah um, but uh, especially two and three one is good but two and three are, are something else. didn't he only do two and three did he do one no he he didn't do one yeah okay well i guess we know who you're a fan of yeah Okay, um, speaking of uh, directors from Humble Beginnings, why don't you finish off the newsfeed? Uh, yeah, so Ryan Johnson is already writing his uh, second sequel to Knives Out. Um, yeah. So, you know, when Netflix has got the bag, you know, you gotta get that shit written, I imagine. So. Yeah, likely. And, you, like, speaking of Ryan Johnson, like, you've been a fan of him since Looper, right? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Awful movie. Uh, but I love Brick. I think you said he was in your top three of all time. <laughs> yeah, get out of here with that. <laughs> to this day, I still don't understand. I love his work. I love his writing. If there's something about that movie that just fucking irks me. I don't know why. It's so silly. It's I, a, a modern sci-fi movie, and I just dumped all over it. I think I remember like giving it, in my head, like a 6 out of 10, and then seeing how much you didn't like it. And I was like, well, I have to double down now. Like, clearly, I have to now <laughs> say this movie is perfect. Like... <laughs> And I, I've been playing that tune forever, but what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. But, uh, well, cause this thing too, I, he, he's been doing the circuit, eh? He's been doing a lot of interviews and stuff right now, obviously for, for Glass Onion. Hmm. Um, and I, he was on Marin this week and he essentially 
I think he only has like. He oh, he's on Marin. For... Yeah, he was great Ooh, interview. I'm Very jam that. Okay, we have um, to talk about Star Wars and Ryan Johnson when you're done this. We have oh, to. and they talk about it, and I I actually have a lot more respect for the Last Jedi after you know what he had to say with on uh, on the pod. But um, but no, so the thing like Netflix only signed up for like two movies for Knives Out. Was the first one also a Netflix release? No, it wasn't. So oh. they they so essentially because there's, there's that four hundred to four hundred forty million dollar deal. It was not. Everyone assumes it was just for Knives Out. It was for two Knives Out sequels, uh-huh. and then other projects of his. Interesting. Right? So after the second one, he could take any other, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do as many Knives Out as I need to. Like whatever, like whatever story needs to be told or whatever at the time. Interesting. Like I'll do them." So it's just you know, I think he, I think he landed on gold, right? Like he knows he found a good format. People love murder mysteries. Like he, his love for Agatha Christie is so evident. You know, especially in Glass Onion, yeah. which we'll, we'll get to. But uh, he, um, yeah, we did. We both watched it. We're going to cover it in the second half of the show. But he, um, he got better from movie one to movie two. Did you feel that? I disagree. Ooh, okay. We're gonna yeah, we gotta dig into that later. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I heard a little bit about the Ryan Johnson thing, like talking on the circuit about about the experience doing Star Wars, and he kind of just said like he was given the freedom to do what he wanted, and he wanted to make an impact, and he wanted to tell his own story. I don't know, like, and and interrupt any time, but my take is the more that comes out about this, right, and like the further in a rear view that the trilogy sequel gets like the more honest people will be about it right absolutely and the more information that comes to light the more i feel like we kind of have to blame the studio and is it kathleen kennedy and those is is that who i'm thinking of like they really truly don't seem to have had much of a plan well i think you know and again this is just you know, my various readings and there's been lots of accounts and there's yeah. no one can speak bit, honestly, right? Like literally no, none yeah. of these directors can say what actually happened. But I think the, the common, I think the common story that we've seen from like various people is like even Kathleen Kennedy and right in, uh, not so much Ryan Johnson, but, uh, JJ Abrams. Yeah. Even like, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is like the head of Lucas, right? Yeah. Like she, like her and, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau who are like kind of coming up into that. Um, like even for her as the head of the Star Wars, you know, project, the studio above was going ahead. Like it was essentially when it came to these movies, they mm-hmm. were, you know, reaching down and kind of changing a lot of things. So, cause you look at all the other things she has her hands on and they are quite good. You know, she has the right people. She's hiring the right people. Good she points them kind of, you know, like, you know, pe- it blows my mind the shit talking that people do on Kathleen Kennedy and like she's. Like Lucas yeah, you know a lot her. more about this than I do. That's a good point. Lucas hired her for a reason, and when he left, he's like, "She's a part of the deal." Like you know, she you know, when everything was sold out, like she was brought on like with him. She was like, I'm pretty sure she was a part of like the lore team. Huh. Like when he'd be when he'd be making something, and like there the people like, "No, no, no, Lucas, like you you know you've done this, you've done that, like you know this is how you've kind of already like kind of wrote your way to a corner with this like you know you have to kind of go in a different direction kind of thing like she she knows the world right so yeah everyone's like oh yeah last jedi and uh, rise of skywalker like it's all kathleen kennedy's fault it's like well i, I don't think it is you know like it's i think it was just stu- the studio saw the movies as like the main money makers and like they're in the theaters they're big spectacles and they can't help themselves you know like it's you raise you raise a good point i think as fans and and moviegoers and just fans of franchise we often want a corpse right we want one person to look at and be like this is your fault how could you be so 
you know, I mean, in some cases, like you got David and Dan, David Weiss, Dan Benioff, like the Game of Thrones mm. guys, and they quite literally had full creative control. HBO only wanted more Game of Thrones. It's like, okay, fine, you got your villains, be happy. Yep. But like a lot of the times, it's just the quote studio execs right there's no names they're all invisible the nameless nameless ghouls in the background and like this isn't a conspiracy like a big part of uh if you're interested in this kind of stuff is go look at the sony leak um that happened and look at these nameless faceless executives because it's not one right if it was one you just get rid of that person but dozens of them like that amazing spider-man 2 film that Mm. uh with andrew garfield that turned out that way and bombed because of studio interference the same can be said for the most recent, it was years ago, but the Fantastic Four movie. It was, it, like, the amount of stuff that happened from stu- the interference that they forced just crap into the movie because they, you know, ran focus groups or whatever it was. Or they want to build, like, this legacy of their own of, like, you know, I fixed the movie or I did this and that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's gross, honestly. But you, it's read, not, you read it, it's very gross. It's definitely not conducive to the creative process, and it definitely takes the art out of the artist's hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of that said, Last Jedi sucks. But anyway, uh, <laughs> there are some great moments in that. There's, the, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't, we don't forever the Last optimist. Jedi right now. I'm, yeah. kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. So <laughs> Avatar Two uh, has officially crossed 1.44 billion dollars. I don't give a All right, you're fucking nuts. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna go see it with Sam. You and Leanna can go do whatever you want. We're is gonna it, go. Is Leanna not into it? I think she's just completely indifferent. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, you know what. Yeah. We agree. No, I'm there kidding. Um, <laughs> all jokes aside, I think my quote prediction was like, it won't be the first. Beat the first. Sure. I will secede that it's doing better than I thought. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay, I already backpedaling. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to keep my bet. I'm, I okay. still don't think it does better than the first. But I, it is genuinely doing better than I than I thought. Um, and it definitely doesn't beat the first when you adjust for inflation. But like... no. When you talk, when people talked about Endgame dethroning Avatar, that was not adjusted for inflation either. So <laughs> calm your yeah. jets. Yeah. Nothing is going to beat Avatar one when you adjust for inflation. No, uh, especially a, after the last couple of years. It was a titan. Uh, but so, I yeah. one point four four is. And and you were telling me before the pod some statistic. What was it? Yeah. So the of course I, I didn't say the article, but there was a statistic that from. Uh, the first weekend or the second weekend, second weekend to the third weekend, there was a zero percent loss in revenue or like zero percent uh, loss in turnout, <laughs> which is so from fucked. weekend to weekend. And they compared it to like everything else. Apparently, the only movie that even came close was No Way Home, and even it had like a twenty three percent turnout loss from yeah. weekend to weekend you in the same it? time frame, I think, or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. You ever see those horror stories of movies that drop? Like, I think it was like Ant Man two dropped something like seventy four percent from weekend <laughs> one to two or something absurd. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely got staying power. Like, I don't know a single person who's seen it. And it's made $1.44 billion. And I know people in most of the social groups I know are going to see it. It's just, it's been the holidays, right? Yeah. Well, it's that, that's the key thing, right? Everyone's off and it's kind of one of those movies where you can debatably take the kids to it and everyone's off at school. But it's so long, you got to budget the time. But the, yep. but, but the thing that they all agree on is, oh no, I'm going to see it. Like yeah. They just have to find the time. So that that is what makes me think it might get close to the $2 billion mark. It's... Uh... And, but, you know, this is also one of the ones, like, it's not leaving anytime soon. No, this thing is going to fucking stay forever. 
Yeah. Like, well, this will be in theaters until uh, April, I think. Seriously? April. Yeah. Because some of these shows, what is it, HBO? Like, they have a deal. It's like 45 days in theater, then straight to streaming or something. I can't see them doing that with this. Uh, no, it's a Disney product. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, I wonder. Oh, I do wonder if they'll. Well, you got to Oh, maybe they put it. Kinda... Yeah. Who knows? Mm. Good point. I don't know. Big Jim might have a say on that. He's not, he's not going to let them curb. His I got it, dude. I got to say, you know, most of my hate wasn't on James Cameron. Like, no, never is. It was on Avatar 1 and mm. and the zealots who defended how insane that movie was. And I still disagree a little bit, but whatever. That's not my point. My point is, is uh, I the press tour he did for Avatar 2, like, watching him talk about movies, I was like, okay, this guy's pretty fucking cool. He's a fucking gangster. <laughs> I'm like, he's, he was, he's, he's, like, literally the smartest person in the room, and he has no issue, like, reminding people, like, when he talks about his work and like, oh what he's God. done. But, like, he doesn't sound like an asshole about it. it it's, well, it's truly a he, superpower. He just <laughs> knows... There's this tightrope you have to walk, right? Where you have to know yeah. your yeah. value. But you can't overstate it, right? Like, just because you have slightly higher value than someone else doesn't mean you treat them like shit, right? Um, and you can you know, equate value and, you know, measure that however you want. Let's say in James Cameron's instance, it's monetary value, right? But he told this story about arguing with a exec. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say? Yeah. He goes, he was arguing, because the arguing about the uh, budgets for Avatar 2 and the sequels. And he goes, you see this studio, the, this entire headquarters we're staying in? I paid for this. This parking lot that yeah. you parked in this morning, I built. Yeah. The however many floors of this skyscraper that you're in, that's that's just from Avatar 1. That's not even Titanic. Yeah. That's you know big I mean? gym money. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That doesn't touch anything else I've made for you, you fucks. So you're going to let me make the movie as long as I want. Yeah. And you're gonna let me make four of them at once. <laughs> it's like, okay, yes, sir. I've already built. I've already built the studio. They're gonna be shot in. So, like, sign it off. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Big, uh, yeah, just big cojones on that guy. Uh, uh, and so finally, um, and this is this is news to me. So apparently, so Dave, I, you you threw this in the notes. Is this for like when it was Last of Us was supposed to be a film, not a series? It looked like at one point they were going to do two, and because the rights, there was a rights issue, one for Difficult. movies and film, yeah, and then one for TV, and uh, I think everyone, fans of the franchise at least, were more excited about the film because you know, or not the film, I'm sorry, the TV show because you think about, you know, good miniseries or on yeah. HBO as grimy as it gets, that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and the notes here is uh, it was potential. He did not sign on, but they were going after director. Uh, Sam Raimi of Spider-Man and most recently Doctor Strange 2. But execs wanted a, quote, particular kind of movie and asked uh, Raimi to make it kind of bigger and sexier, to make it feel a little bit more like that movie everybody loved, World War Z. Thank Um, fuck that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Actually, you know what? It did happen. It's called Uncharted. Hey. uh, Awful. Good point. uh, Did good business. Yeah. Um... Okay, we, that's that's it for the news feed. We can move right along here. I'm going to briefly talk about To Your Eternity, Season 2, Episode 10, because I don't think you're caught up, right? No, I've decided to take a couple-week break on it. Just let it... I think, I'm, I need, I think I need a little bit of break from what I saw so far, and I'm going to let the core run a little bit, and then I'll jump in in three, four episodes, do a little bit of a binge. Okay. Can I give you mild spoilers? Absolutely. So, yeah. here's... What I, have, uh, two, I have good news and bad news here. I'll go... Let's do the bad first. <laughs> um... And the bad isn't really plot related. I think we've actually talked about it already on the show. They're doing this thing where there's black dots on the screen accompanied by a sound effect, like a high-pitched 
frequency. Do you yeah, know what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about? I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's stupid, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bad news. Okay. Um, it's lazy, and I think it's stupid. But they kind of sense. What's like, that? Is like supposed to be like a spidey sense? They ex- they explain it. Um, I'll just oh. say that, and it's like semi palatable. The explanation. And it's coherent. Yeah, it's co- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's coherent. I still think it's stupid, sure. um, but it does explain things a little bit. And I'll also say, and this is not a. Sp- how do I say this? There is a very brief, and I mean brief, time skip. I'm not. We're not skipping forty year or a decade. Mm. But there's this little arc that happens that is kind of moving things in a new direction uh which is a okay. which is fresh i think the show needs it i don't know if that fixes the problem the show now has mm. um, but it is interesting to me and like you know if, if we just consider the pacing of season one and the pacing of season two especially with the last episode or two in mind like it's just ramping up and if you're a manga reader and you know how this goes i'd be really curious how far are we into the manga at this point, like percentage-wise? Because I know the manga is finished, and I'm just be curious. Like these recent changes are really picking up steam, and I'm curious. Like I, I by no means think season two is the last season. I'm just wondering, like, are there three more? Is there one more? Because it, uh, the pacing is increasing. Do you think at this rate it gets it gets another pickup? I have no idea. You know what, dude? That's a really really good question. Um, I truthfully don't know. I never see it on the top of r slash anime. No. Um, I never... Not like s- it was. Not and like even was. the dedicated subreddit, it it's not... I think it's doing like half the volume. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I think I told you, either off mic or on mic, I saw some dude be like, did they change writers or something? Because he didn't yeah. know it was a manga adaptation. Hmm. Because the, the contrast between season one and season two is baffling. Yeah. It's, it's pretty uh... nuts. It's like if you've seen uh, True Detective season one, which is an all-time classic, and then you go to season two, it's like, well, they asked the guy to, you know, he had, he wrote this thing for like three years. It was lightning in a bottle. Mm. And then they were like, okay, um, write season two, you have six months. Do it again. Fourth season, that comes out this year, actually. They're doing a fourth? Yeah, Jodie Foster. Oh, that, that is one. Yeah, dude. That is one thing. That show really attracts talent. Apparently, it's set in uh, Alaska. Yeah, like, I don't know, that guy, assuming it's the same dude, um, I, think so. yeah, yeah. I give him benefit of the doubt because it's very clear that there is really b- big talent there. Sure. Um, it's just, you can't, you know, you can't, lightning doesn't really strike twice, and I don't know if you can top that first season ever. And I gotta say, that that would really irk me if I were an artist knowing, like, oh, like, the best of this particular project is behind me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would want to keep going. Yeah, that's... Uh... I don't want to sound kind of drab, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I think to be a successful artist, you need to learn to separate from a bit of that. From critical success and blockbuster numbers and all that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You would think they would take a healthy approach to it. You never know. Yeah. Um, So you started watching uh, Andor. Yeah. But I've seen none of it, so don't go too heavy in spoilers. I just want to know, because I am going to watch this one. It's a must-watch. I'll say that up top. It is okay. an absolute must-watch. Um, I'm four up. Uh, we're, sorry, Leanne and I are four episodes in. Uh, it is. A, I'm surprised. It's it's twelve episodes. Are they uh, an hour or thirty? Uh, forty-five. Okay, forty-five. Forty-five to a fifty. Right, right. Um, so far, mm-hmm. and oh my god, Dave, the production value is you know, and to no one's surprise, it looks just like Rogue One. It's all the same people involved. Um, you know, Tony Gilroy and Dan Gilroy, 
Um, it is stunning. And, you know, it's it's weird because, you know, I, I'm only watching it now. It's only been in the past, like, you know, a few days or whatever that, that I started watching it. And there's a lot of consensus outside of the Star Wars fandom of, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, it, it's Star Wars, but, like, it's it's not Star Wars. Like, it's, hmm. you know, it, it's its own, like, you know, spycraft story. And, you know, it's it's doing its own thing and just, you know, with a coat, you know, a coat of Star Wars paint. Those people are fucking morons, dude. Like, it is, it is Star Wars, like, you know, blood in, blood out. Like, without a doubt. And people, like, trying to, like, separate it from, like, yeah, like, it's Star Wars, but, like, it's, it's, holy fuck. Like, get over it. Are they mad there's no lightsabers or something? Well, no, they're, they're, like, they're all, like, happy that there isn't. And they're, like, yeah, they're, like, they're wearing their suits, but, like, you know, they're, they're trying to tell a story, like, set in, you know, like, fascist. People are trying to separate Andor from Star Wars. Like, saying it's, it's just its own thing. It's not really Star Wars. Like, it is, but it's Mm -hmm. not. And it oozes Star Wars. Like, where does this fit in the timeline, Grant? It's, uh, well, it's obviously pre-Rogue One. It's a couple of years before Rogue One. Okay. So it's, uh, before A New Hope. Maybe, like, say, like, five, ten years before A New Hope. Got you. Okay. Um, like, but anyway, so, like, it's just, it's funny to see all these, for me personally, because I've been reading all these, like, semi, you know, spoiler-free reviews, and, like, people kind of be like, you know, like, if, if, it, if it wasn't, like, Star Wars, this would be, like, a much better show. Like, it didn't have all the baggage, and it's like, you guys are insane. Um, it's truly a Star Wars show. Um, the like the usage of color and sets, and I'm sure they're. they're I don't think they're using like John Favreau's stuff either. You know, like that studio he built with yeah, um, the Unreal Engine. Yeah, like I don't think there's any of that. Like it's a lot of like built sets. You know, outdoor shots. <laughs> um, Dave, there's a. My takeaway is there was a set piece they did in in one of the first few episodes that blew my mind it's like this is fucking movie making man like this is what this is what genre like fantasy and sci-fi stuff needs to like separate it from like kind of like the the cookie cutter cg stuff i think it's really never a bad thing like it's funny because we just talked we didn't plan on talking about the star wars movies when the news feed happened but that just sort of organically came up but i remember talking to you and i remember hearing this a hundred times from everyone I knew about like mm. the Mandalorian is what I was waiting for when like more Star Wars came yep. and everyone was kind of you know let out a bit of hot air with the new trilogy and like then the Mandalorian came and kind of saved the day does this make you feel like it's up there in quality does it compete with the Mandalorian I think it's it's on par that's, uh, yeah, e- I mean that's a big on deal par. so the thing the thing is I think where man you know the mandalorian is very serious like it's it's more akin to like dave filoni and like the clone wars and the rebel yeah, stuff which yeah. i'm a huge fan of and it's probably like my favorite kind of i guess ecosystem within the timeline um you know like those characters and whatnot but andor does a thing where <clears throat> you know like mandalorian kind of comes off like a spaghetti western like because again they're, they're sure you know, they're, they're trying to make it a certain way but it's still it still fits into like the overall you know, genre of the sh- or, or sorry, like the overall Star Wars picture, but like it's still kind of, you know, the galaxy is so big, people not everything plays out the exact same way, right? Um, and I think Andor does that as well. You know, it's still clearly Star Wars, like you know, oozes Star Wars, like and not just like the the costumes, like the way they speak, the gadgets, and how like they comfortably like talk, like 
you know, a, a mild spoiler. There's a scene in, in the most recent episode where Andor is talking to this guy. He's a bit of like a tech tech guy. And you're not like overburdened with like jargon in like you would like in any other type of show. Hmm. They do it in the Star Wars way of like, yeah, like people watching, like they, they call this thing a navigator. People can put it together. You know, mm. like they know what that means. And like he gets into like, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just, it's so smartly written and it kind of it's very respectful to the audience the way the Mandalorian is. And I think that's what comes across as genuine, right? right? People, people don't like being called dumb when they've sometimes know the lore a little more and kind of the comings and goings of some characters and, you know, kind of how they act on this planet. And I don't know. It's, it's just fun. Like the way, the way they, um, like they're really getting into like the hierarchy of the, like the lower, like middle management of the empire, which is funny. Cause that was like a big thing in like rebels and in and yeah in, in rebels too like there's obviously some like bigger characters but yeah, yeah. it's all the rat race at the lower level of trying to get to that point mm-hmm. and it's cool to see that in live action you know kind of like like the the, the head budding and this and that and like i said i'm only four episodes in and i'm completely blown away it's fucking Damn. beautiful <laughs> like you know it's uh it's like i said even yeah if if you're a star wars fan you owe it to yourself to watch andor no, because it's, it's, it's absolutely it's like absolute because apparently, because it's supposed to be three seasons, and it's supposed to be an, a genuine handoff, straight into Rogue One. Oh, that's the way cool. Rogue One was a handoff right into a new. Into, oh, I like that. Yeah. So they're really, they're really trying to, you know, do it. Cool. And I love like you because you know Tony Gilroy was on Marin as well a couple of weeks back, um, a couple of weeks before Christmas, and you know, like, you know, Marin's like I'm not a Star Wars guy and. And uh, Tony Gilroy was like, okay, but, like, it's Star Wars. So, like, you know, it's, you know, it's for those people. But, like, you know, like, there's people that aren't. Like, they can enjoy it. And it's, it's I don't know. I, I like to see that Star Wars is getting some, some reputable Man, stuff. Man, I don't know how I missed those Marion episodes. I remember being like, I love him as an interviewer. And just so uh, often, I don't know any of the guests. And yeah. I'm like, what's going on? But, uh, okay, I'll take another look. Yeah, the, the, the Gilroy one, too. Like, there's not much Andor talk. There's a little bit, but it's mainly about, yeah. like, his, his early days. But the, that's good stuff. Okay, let's briefly uh, talk about Knives Out, Glass Onion, uh, before mm. we get to an end on the Q&A. Mm. Um, which you can, uh, by the way, sign up for the Q&A on our Instagram on Mondays if you follow us at Part-Time Otaku Podcast. So there's that. We run the Q&A in our stories. Um, but first... Knives Out. So I thought, my take was, I see some improvement from Ryan Johnson. He just mm. seems a little bit more comfortable with his writing and his direction. I also enjoyed the new tone. I didn't love every choice mm. uh, in the movie. I, I did like Ed Norton. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was really good to see him in a big movie like this. Like, fucking owning the screen. Like, I love that he went big. Um, I just don't see that out of Ed Norton often. But I, I wonder, how much do you disagree with all that? It's it's not that I don't disagree. It's just, you know, <clears throat> the um, maybe, maybe I mean, it was no. I I'm just, hated I'm just trying to, the Last Jedi. So like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I think the problem with this new movie is I found it a little too open. You know, it was a little, a little spacey, and even then, like, it, it was also like a false, like a false sense of like freedom on the island. Like, it was mm-hmm. just like a couple. It was like a couple sets within. I think the success of the first one is, yeah, it's all sets, but it's like within a house. You're stuck. Easy, yeah, you know, you're stuck, but like each room has a distinctive thing, and there's kind of that feel here, but it's the idea of like the openness and with the closeness too. It just it it felt like you know, it it, it kind of opposing 
visually in, in a couple instances. The other problem is too, like right off the bat, like both the like and, and we're not like trying to big brain or whatever, mm-hmm. but like every moment along the way, we're like, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. Like there was no genuine oh, surprise for us. Yeah, f- fucking instantly and it really ruined it kind of ruined like the like the end result it was kind of like oh that was like and liana too she's like was the first one that goofy and i'm like no but everyone i'll give you trying to make it good i think they're trying to make it goofy because like it's all these they're taking a swing at like you know big social media and celebrity personalities right so i think that it comes with the territory but it's you know, if you're not, like, super clicked into that, it, it does kind of come off as, like, kind of fucking silly. You know? no, I, okay, like, so I completely yeah. agree with you there. Um, okay, so two things. I didn't catch the twists. Um, I don't know if I was sober watching it or if that had anything to do with it. But, uh, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. But sure. I wasn't at my sharpest. But um, it, I will agree that everyone and everything was bigger. Yeah. Sometimes that's good for a sequel. Sometimes it's not. I liked Dave Batista. I liked a lot of the choices they made in casting, but it did feel like, like now that you say it, I will admit, it felt like probably the direction for a lot of actors was bigger. You know yeah. what I mean? Like big. loud, yeah. bigger, performative. Like don't leave room for nuance here. You know what I mean? Like I want you to sing the fucking words is kind yeah. of feel like what the direction was. Mm-hmm. Um Everyone did really well with that. I thought uh, Ed Norton excelled. Actually, I thought Kate Hudson was great. I, yeah, I, I've always, I, I, you know, she's one of those actresses that like we kind of grew up with. All those rom coms. She was in yeah. like every fucking movie. Like every other month, she was in a new movie, and I feel like I haven't seen her in years. What about and, uh, what about Craig's accent? Where do you stand on that? <laughs> did you find it get a little schlockier this one this it, time around? I felt it was different for sure. I do declare. <laughs> but again, like that's like the bigger like it felt that feels like direction. When everyone in the movie is going big, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it kinda makes it feel like okay, they were so everyone's meant to sing their lines. Like the thing the thing I did like is they really hit home like how de- depressed he was in the beginning and how he needed a challenge and there was genuine excitement for him to be in the thick of it. Yeah. Again. And I think that was a part of his performance, so I think Playing it that way with that accent really kind of like okay, you know, I'll give you that. makes it a little a little cartoony, but um, yeah, like I said, I I did I did like the movie. I'm probably gonna watch it again, um, at, you know, later down the road. But it was it was uh, it wasn't the first one in my okay. opinion, which I think was a not a modern classic by any means. But that was you know, and I think with Keith Stanfield, who was in the first movie, was just like awesome. You know, he's he's great in everything he does. So yeah, to have him here, okay, to have like a and he, obviously he did have a... Yeah, I'm not, I don't well, wait, maybe we can split the difference here. Tell me this. Do you agree with this statement? Better or for worse, for better or worse, rather, Ryan Johnson was feeling himself more in this movie. Better, for better or worse? Uh, was he, like... Better, I guess, yeah. No, but I mean, like, just do you feel like he was taking more swings? I don't really think there was swings in this, though. Interesting. Okay. So I, I think I think it was a very safe movie. Oh, wow. You know? See, I disagree, but that's okay. Uh, well, we're going long. We, we This could be a whole pod. <laughs> yeah. um, I did like it, and I recommend people watch it. Will so. you watch a third? 100%. Okay. Murder Mysteries. Who doesn't murder mystery? We can always split the difference. Um, let's end on the Q&A. 
we've got a few, but we're only going to have time for one. Um, mm. We have like a bit of a bank of questions for when we don't have time and, and whatnot. So we will get to your question. If it's not answered this week, just chill. Um, but this is like from like our favorite fan. And it's a fantastic question. So how can we not answer yeah. this? Shout out Abenak. From our homie Abenak, what a great question. First, she says, hope you guys had a great holiday season. I mean, no one asks, no one says that to me. Not even <laughs> all my work colleagues that haven't seen me in, in weeks. Um, here's a combo question. Which anime do you think has the worst filler episodes and which has the best filler in terms of still semi-plot related and actually enjoyable? Also, is there a particular anime filler episode that is the worst one you can remember? Mm. Do you want to start us off or do you want me to go? Uh, I can go. Which one? The first first question or the second question? Go to the first first, yeah. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. So, worst filler... I remember when Leanna was watching the original run of Naruto. You know, the, uh. the, the maniac that she was, she did the full run, filler and all. Um, and there was a couple, you know, like I'd be in and out, you know, uh, I stuck with her with, with, you know, with shipping and so far, but in the original Naruto, there was a couple filler episodes where it was like, like, is this like really pushing towards like, you know, like him being like the greatest ninja? And she's like, yeah. oh no, no, no. This is like them running, uh, you know, like, uh, it was, it's all, it's always the fucking bathhouse episodes or it's like, they're going on a silly errand for like a random old lady or something like that, where you know, it's just literally filler to the umpteenth like you know definition you know it's just yeah i I don't i don't love that stuff but um Um, okay i have two for worst one i think most people well maybe they won't agree on it but i haven't got far into it but i think if your show has guides on youtube (laughs) with millions of views on how to skip filler you're probably not doing it right so one piece that's a shot at you of the stuff i actually watch Mm. frequently um my hero academia like oh yeah you can ditch 45 percent of that show yeah and not miss too much i think and I'm, i know that you know we've just been a little critical of my hero uh this this week but like we're still watching we still enjoy it but you also got to be real sometimes um best and this goes i think for both the next question and this question because she asks is there a particular anime filler episode that is the worst one you can remember I, I completely... Okay, so I drew a blank. So I'm going to give you my best filler episode. Okay. And what I think has some of the best filler episodes in general. And it's funny because its original run had some of the worst filler. And I think they really learned from that. Dragon Ball Super mm. is not only much lighter than the original DBZ run, but it actually has some fun filler shit that is like in, like huge winks to the audience, very self-aware. <laughs> and my favorite episode is a baseball episode, which of course oh. like... Yeah. Um, other shows have done, but like I loved it. I thought it was so fun. I was laughing out loud. I was like excited to go to the subreddit to watch other people talk about it. It united the fandom. It was a worthless episode that did nothing for the narrative, but like <laughs> everyone was stoked. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and it bought them some time. I don't know. I was super down uh, with that one. So I'll say Dragon Ball Super for best. I think for best, and the thing is, I'm not sure if it's filler or if it like was written right into the manga. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's more of a transitional episode, but I'm I'm really blanking on a fill, a good filler episode. But it's the baseball episode of Jujutsu Kaisen that <laughs> like is some of the funniest stuff they've done in that show. But worse, and you're gonna, I'm sure this is gonna be up there for you uh, when, when I say it. It was la- uh, last season of My Hero Academia. It was. Uh, 
it wasn't necessarily like a beach episode, but like there was like a mission with Froppy. Oh shit, you're right. And like I remember you, I could like watching the episode and like looking over to Leanna every two minutes, and be like, oh my god, Dave's gonna hate this. Oh my god, Dave's gonna hate this. Oh my god, I hate this. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I think it was like to set up a power up for like Froppy yeah. or someone like learn a lesson. It was like like a. Oh, you know what it was? It was a filler episode tie into the movie coming out. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was. Worthless. Did, did not love that. Worthless. So, yeah. <laughs> well well put. If, you, if you're listening to this and you're like shouting at your phone or whatever you're listening to this on with like really bad offenders of filler that we haven't mentioned, please feel free to tell us. Yeah. And we'll give it some air time because I'm, I'm curious. Because I knew, I saw this question come in. And I was like, shit, I bet there's so many candidates and I can only think of these two. Endless amounts of candidates would be my yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think we can end there. Yeah. Um, God, what a what a crazy end to Psycho season, Grant. We made it. We did it. Next week, we'll be back with the post show. I think it's probably safe to say same airing schedule. We'll be here on Wednesdays um, with the post show. I mean, a maybe... A whole batch of new shows. whole batch of new shows. A couple of these might stick around for a little bit before they go off the air. But, you know, we mentioned a bunch. Finland Saga, Tokyo Revengers, Near Automata, Trigun, Last of Us, blah, blah, Bad Batch... We're going to talk about all this stuff um, over the next, you know, coming weeks and months, and we're super excited for that. If you just joined us in Psycho Season and you haven't listened to the post show, the origin of that is, like, we started this podcast to talk about Attack on Titan, and then after we wrapped that podcast up, we would talk about everything else we were watching, and then we were like, why don't we just record this? So there's your 30-second, uh, you know, recap that you would find on YouTube. Um I think that's it. Like I said, follow us on Instagram at Part Time Otaku Podcast. The Q and A's happen there on Mondays. I think that's about it for the third time. Grant, say the thing. Bye, guys. Cheers. <laughs>